Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on November 8th, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, so the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. In this episode, Congresswoman Nancy Mace draws her first Democratic challenger. We hear about the newly proposed state Senate map. It was infrastructure weekend with Congress approving the bipartisan infrastructure bill. We look at what's in it for South Carolina, who voted for it, and the reaction from SCDOT Secretary Christy Hall. And we fell back this weekend to standard time. Hmm. But why does South Carolina still do this after approving a law in 2020 to remain on daylight time? This and more. Additionally, we want to hear your stories. Tell us about falling back. Tell us about your infrastructure experiences, good and bad. We have a lot more questions throughout the episode that I'm going to be asking you some little prompts so we can get you guys to call in because the hopper needs you. Your hopper needs you. It's bone dry. And you can call us at 803-563-7169. I know everyone's driving now, so you have time to contemplate things. 803-563-7169. If you're stuck in Malfunction Junction, you got time. 526, 26, you got time. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is widespread, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. Hopefully that will change soon. There have been 13,896 total deaths, and currently there are 904,293 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of November 8th at 4 p.m. Our percent positive rate is 3.2%. 486 South Carolinians are hospitalized with COVID-19, 148 are in intensive care, and 85 are on ventilators. Currently, 2.3 million, or 55.5% of eligible South Carolinians have completed vaccination. And that rate still does not account for those children aged 5 to 11 that are now eligible for the Pfizer vaccine. Let's start off politics with some campaign trail news. Dr. Annie Andrews announced Monday that she'll challenge 1st Congressional District Republican Representative Nancy Mace as a Democrat. Andrews is an MUSC pediatrician and mother of three that you've heard on this podcast before. She's become more visible recently after giving succinct and informative testimony about the pandemic, treatments, and vaccines before senators in Columbia. But the failures by politicians to protect children from the pandemic, poor education, gun violence, and more is what spurred her to run, according to her campaign video. Andrew said that she'll focus on issues that matter most to the low country, like getting over the pandemic, global warming, protecting the coast, and gun violence, adding that Representative Mace is more concerned about being on TV talking about conspiracy theories than worrying about the low country. And just an FYI, just because you've heard of Dr. Andrews on here, does not mean we endorse her for candidacy. We don't endorse anyone's candidacy. We're just here telling you what's going on on the campaign trail. <laughs> That being said, the 1st Congressional has really become a district to watch since Democrat Joe Cunningham's victory over Republican Katie Arrington in 2018, back when she defeated well-known incumbent Mark Sanford in the primary. But Nancy Mace took back the district in 2020. You heard Professor Scott Huffman in our previous episode discuss just how difficult the 2022 midterms will be for Democrats. And then you have to factor in what happens when the district is redrawn to compensate for population loss in the nearby 6th Congressional District. The congressional districts are redrawn with input by both our state House and Senate members, and those discussions will come in earnest once they finish their own district maps. 
Speaking of which, y'all remember when the census found our state grew by nearly half a million people from 2010 to 2020, pushing our population to 5.1 million? Where do these people live? Have you seen these people? There's 5.1 million people here. I haven't seen all of them. They can't all be here. Well, there's growth, apparently. You probably know it if you live there. We're talking about the Greenville, Spartanburg area, places that border Charlotte, like the neck of Lancaster County, Rock Hill, and Fort Mill. And then there's the coast. You know the coast. (laughs) It's on the east side of our state. We're talking about Horry County, specifically the southern part, as well as the tri-county area of Charleston, Berkeley, and Dorchester. All these places, growing, growing big. State cartographers took all of this into account, as well as suggestions from individuals and groups when they drew their version of the 46 member districts that make up the South Carolina Senate map. Will Roberts, a cartographer of 20 years, told the Senate Redistricting Subcommittee last week that this was one of the hardest maps to produce. And when you hear this, you'll probably agree. Going with keeping counties whole as much as as possible and trying to eliminate unnecessary splits in county in county lines. You can see that uh, we've taken a lot of the input, that especially you know, one of the things we saw with the League of Women Voters map for District 4 was including the Abbeville in District 4, wholly contained. We did that here. Newberry is wholly contained in District 18. Fairfield is wholly contained in 17, and so is Chester County. Cherokee County is wholly contained in District 14. Moving down towards the central Savannah River area, we've got McCormick County that's wholly contained in 25, along with Edgefield County. Greenwood County is wholly contained in District 10. One of the changes that we really had in the Midlands area of South Carolina was was trying to make sure that we had three resident senators inside Richland County. And the only way to do that was to to move one district out of Richland County. And that's what this plan does. And so what we did was because of the population growth along the coast, we have collapsed District 20 and moved it to the Charleston area. Roberts also discussed how Democratic Senator Dick Carpullian's District 20 would disappear and a new district in the Charleston-James Island area would be created to accommodate the growth here. So District 20 moves to the coast, not physically, but just think of it as a figurative District 20 is now going to be moving down there just because of the growth. Here's Roberts talking about those changes. The areas along I-95 corridor needing to pick up population had to expand geographically. And some of these districts moved towards the Midlands area as well as towards the coast to offset that population growth in, in, along the coast. The areas in Charleston with the new District 20 to offset that population growth in there ended up uh, having uh, some shifts in some of the districts as far as uh, where the, they were centrally located. And these districts are re- reflected on the map. As far as the low country is concerned, we did clean up some lines that were down through there. We tried to make counties as whole as much as possible, putting all of Hampton in District 45, as well as the majority of Jasper County, with the exception of the Sun City area in District 46. So again, under that proposed map, which the subcommittee adopted, and Harpoolian's part of that subcommittee, his district would disappear, while other Democratic senators like Nikki Setzler in Lexington and Daryl Jackson in Richland County would absorb that population. That's how things move around. It's a map. Under the plan, Richland County would have three senators in Districts 19, 21, and 22. And they're Democrats John Scott, Senator Jackson, and Senator Mia McLeod. While those are some big proposed changes, we won't see them play out until 2024 in the Senate. That's when all 46 state senators are up for re-election for their four-year terms. But for the House? Well, all 124 members are up for re-election next year. And the House Redistricting Ad Hoc Committee will release its maps at its Wednesday meeting. 
Like I said, there are 124 House member districts, and changes similar to what we saw with the Senate map can be expected due to growth in coastal areas, in the towns near Charlotte, and the dropping population in some rural areas. We got a big, big business section for you folks. So big that we had to take over the medical section. Take that COVID. Now, Infrastructure Week was kind of an infrastructure weekend. Did you hear about this? Did you miss it? And now it's only been building up for years and of course pressure cooking for the past few weeks. But the House voted 228 to 206 on the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill that will send billions of dollars to states all over the country over the next five years. 13 Republican lawmakers voted for the bill none from South Carolina. The vote came after President Joe Biden intervened Friday night with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi offering progressives and moderates a deal. Vox reports that in exchange for progressive votes for the infrastructure package, moderates would pledge to vote for the $1.75 trillion social spending bill, so long as the Congressional Budget Office, which will lay out how much the measure adds to spending and the deficit, find the measure's fiscal impact as is projected. In the end, all but six members of the Congressional Progressive Caucus were willing to take the deal. Now, rewind to August when Senator Lindsey Graham was one of 19 Republicans who voted for this bill when it was in the Senate. Funding comes from existing taxes, reallocation of some spending, and there's also some deficit spending. The bipartisan bill breaks down as follows, according to the White House. So get ready for some numbers, because we're about to do them. There's data. And again, it's over five years, and this money is exclusive for South Carolina. Data. $4.6 billion to improve highways and $274 million for bridge replacements and repairs. $366 million to improve public transportation. $510 million for water infrastructure across the state. $161 million to improve South Carolina's airports. A minimum of $100 million to help provide broadband coverage across the state, which we know is currently a $490 million problem, though American Rescue Plan money is expected to offset some of that spending depending on the legislature. Also, 29% of low-income South Carolinians will also be eligible for the Affordability Connectivity Benefit to access affordable internet under this new law. Back to the money, $70 million to expand electric vehicle charging in the state, which, remember, we just talked about that? One big gas station equivalent for electric vehicles? Five million bucks. It's money. There will also be $15 million to protect against wildfires and $18.3 million to protect against cyber attacks. Not good. Cyber attacks, not good. So again, lots of money flowing around there. And when you pair a lot of this money with money the governor is discussing from the American Rescue Plan Act that the legislature will allocate next year, it is simply transformational if people have been calling it. That's why you're seeing these big chunks being proposed for accelerating massive infrastructure projects, tackling persistent water and sewer problems, boosting education efforts for in-demand jobs, and more. I caught up with the governor and SCDOT Secretary Christy Hall at Malfunction Junction, or Carolina Crossroads, that is, which is a $1.7 billion project that broke ground on Monday. The project has been decades in the making and became possible because of the 12 cent gas tax increase that Hall got passed through the legislature in 2017. With the additional federal money that just got passed into law, as well as potentially American Rescue Plan money, Hall said it will be a boost to projects that have been planned for years. So one of, the, one of the great things for us is whenever we laid out our vision for our infrastructure dating back to 2013, kind of laid out that plan, that vision, this funding will come in and basically help uh, deliver those projects uh, at, 
in cooperation and coordination with our state funding. Not really changing priorities, just basically uh, helping fund some of those and maybe possibly uh, enabling us to look at some projects in the future, maybe pull them ahead slightly. But we've baked all that into the plan that we've uh, rolled forward, including our plans for I-26. So, uh, so it's, it's really just part of the overall formula that we've been looking at and uh, something that we've planned for. You know, having a lot of money at one time without a plan is not a great plan. So having the vision that we did to lay out that plan and now being able to execute it is really what it's all about for us. And again, like I said, it's not changing our priorities. It's just maybe looking at possibly accelerating. The bipartisan bill increases the surface transportation funding the state already receives by 30%, which will eventually require some matching funds from the state, though as we know that shouldn't be a problem considering the current balance sheet. Money, money, money. But Governor McMaster took a different view on the new funding coming to the state. Oh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a lot of money. Uh, I know Tim Scott voted uh, against it. Uh, whenever we get into spending money like that, we got to be very, very careful. And I have concerns about that. If we, when we put money into infrastructure, that's good. But when we, if we waste money on things that are not critical and transformational and concrete for our, our future, that's when we make, uh, make errors. And I, I have concerns about that bill. But again, it's, it's the law now. So I, what we will do, any funds that come to this state will be examined carefully. We'll be sure that they're used in the proper way to where they be the most, do the most good for the most people over the longest period of time. And as the secretary said, we have a, a number of pinch points that we're working on. But uh, South Carolina's on the move, and I don't think there's another state that can keep up with us. The governor also weighed in on the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals issuing a stay on OSHA's vaccine mandate for companies with over 100 employees being required to be vaccinated by January 4th. The appeals court, which is over Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi, said over the weekend the mandate raised grave statutory and constitutional issues. Here's the governor. That's right. That was in the Fifth Circuit, which is located in Louisiana. As for Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi, the court was right. Uh, South Carolina was one of the states in that state. And the, the federal government under the Biden administration has gone off the rails what they propose there on, on putting a vaccine mandate on, on businesses across the state through the Occupational Safety and Health Act is unconstitutional. It's never happened before. The federal government has no business telling citizens that they must go get a vaccine. It's never been done before. A state can do it. This state's not going to have such a mandate, but that is within the power of a state to make that decision. It is expressly not in the Constitution. And it's a, a grave error, it's unconstitutional, it's disruptive, as we've seen it's disruptive. And the reason it's disruptive, it's not in the constitutional, because it's not within the purview of the federal government to be doing that. So we're opposing that and we'll oppose, we're also already opposing the one on the federal contractors. And as others come out, we'll oppose those too. They do more harm than good. Now just to revisit the Carolina Crossroads project, it's a five-phase project that involves 14 miles of interstate widening across portions of I-26, I-20, and I-126. There will be seven reconstructed interchanges, featuring the replacement of outdated cloverleaf loops with modern ramp designs and safer interchange exit points that are farther apart and separate from other interstate traffic. This will result in better traffic flow, according to DOT. 
More than 134,000 motorists travel this corridor daily, and the project is scheduled to be completed by 2029. You can start to see construction cones going up in the next few weeks, so it's going to be a fun time here in the Midlands, folks. That's how I get to Costco. <laughs> it's going to be so hard, but it's going to be so better. It's going to be so much better. It's going to be so much better. Now, y'all may remember that I did a This Week in South Carolina special on transportation infrastructure, broadband, the port, and the need for diversity, equity, and inclusion in this entire process. You can check that out on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. From the roads to the skies. We're going to keep talking about travel, folks, because international travel is back, baby. Well, I mean, it's been for a while if you're an American, but now America is open to international travelers after more than a year and a half. New rules took effect Monday, November 8th, and air travelers can come into the country as long as they have proof of vaccination of any World Health Organization-approved vaccine and a negative COVID-19 test. Now, that's for air travelers. Folks crossing land borders from Mexico and Canada will be required to show proof of vaccination, but no tests. NPR said that airlines are expecting more travelers from Europe and elsewhere. Data from travel and analytics firm Sirium showed airlines are increasing flights between the United Kingdom and the U.S. by 21% this month over last month. I say, I say, governor. All this has Americans feeling more comfortable about traveling abroad, specifically to Europe. According to data from InsureMyTrip, of the travel insurance policies sold right now, 80% are for international trips. Of those policies, 21% were for Europe. That's up 225% from 2020. South Carolina residents are among those headed to Europe. Talking about France, Germany, and the United Kingdom as top destinations for SC travelers. So let us know if you're traveling anywhere or if you have a great travel nightmare story, right? Everyone loves those. You can share them at 803-563-7169. Share your travel joys or pains with us. That's what we're here for. We want to hear your stories. Smiley face, emoji, wink face, devil emoji. We'll see you on Twitter. (laughs) And we couldn't get out of here without talking about daylight saving time. My favorite. DST. I personally love losing the hour, which puts us on standard time. However, it does come at the cost of springing forward into daylight time in the spring, which I'm not crazy about. No one's crazy about that one. That's the big trade-off there. Now, this whole process is meant to save energy, and it actually prevents traffic accidents and curbs crime But sleep experts say that the health effects of losing sleep outweigh its value. Talking about in the springtime. In fact, when we spring ahead, more strokes, injuries at work, and even a temporary increase in suicides occur, according to researchers. In fact, I hope you're not in court the day after we spring forward because judges hand out harsher legal sentences. Can you believe this? This But one big proponent of DST, daylight saving time, that's the Chamber of Commerce. More daylight means more people shopping and playing golf, <laughs> which you know we stand. Listen to this. When Congress held hearings on extending DST in the 80s, golf industry officials said the extra month of daylight saving was worth $200 million in additional sales of golf clubs and greens fees. This according to NPR. Now, South Carolina is one of 19 states that have enacted legislation to provide for a year-round daylight time. But despite that, a switch would require an act of Congress. Under federal law, states are allowed to opt out of DST and remain on standard time, but they're not allowed to remain on daylight time, which is what our lawmakers have approved. And on the way out, we got some DST trivia. Do you know which federal agency is over the administration and enforcement of daylight saving time? 
Do you do you know TikTok? TikTok? TikTok, Mr. Wick. Department of Transportation. Hmm, okay. Why is that? The T does not stand for time. It stands for transportation. But the USDOT got in the oversight of time zones business because time standards were first instituted by the railroad industry. That's right, folks. The trains. They control us all. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. Tell us what's happening. It's November. We fell back. It's November. You have to you call. Feel good? Yeah, you have to call. It's, every time we start a new month, you have to call. That's a classic and Gavin pitch right there. <laughs> talking to the folks that haven't called before. We love hearing from our, our diehards, but let's get some new voices. We want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. 803-563-7169. Tell us your thoughts, your feelings, your outlook. Hmm? Your advice. What oh, you're buying we need for so Christmas. much advice here. We the need holidays. so much advice. Yeah, tell us. Uh, tell us what you want for Christmas. What's on your list? <laughs> and if you've been naughty or nice, because yeah. the lead <laughs> might have some air fryers that washed ashore <laughs> that were selling at a big discount. You don't need to put salt on anything you put in them. They're gonna. It's gonna be salty. Okay. You can't plug it into a household outlet though. You want to do this outside of the home. But yeah, let us know. Eight zero three five six three seven six nine. At we have a caller. We have a call. Talk about. I mean. You're asking for new callers. This is not <laughs> this is not a new caller. This is a, a day one OG friend of the pod. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, before calls even were Existed. accepted. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's not say that. But <laughs> before, before calls also, in the long, long ago, before there were any <laughs> the diseases that that uh, you just breathed in when you were just thinking about breathing everyone else's breath. Anyway, yeah, it was just flu. Uh, this is a long way to say that it's Meg. Um, <laughs> so let's listen. Gavin and A.T., this is Meg, and I'm calling you today from lovely Blythewood, South Carolina, to which I have recently relocated from Houston, Texas, and I am most excited about that. I just wanted to call in and say thank you for the love to everybody out there who has been so supportive and cheered me on the whole time that I was away from home. It was a tough journey, but I am so glad to be back. And I really feel like doing it wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it was going to be because I knew I had so much love and support coming um, from the Lead family. So thank you so much. Also, calling to put it on the record and make it official that I do support Gavin's egg microwave habit. I'm not saying that I do this myself, but I am a busy mom of three, and sometimes I, in my own cooking life, have to take some shortcuts to keep the protein and the health and wealth coming um, in the food department. So I support him. I don't understand why my DMs to this effect were not evidence enough for some of you, AT, but I am just putting it on the record that I support Gavin in all things, but that also includes his microwaving of eggs, which kind of now that I say it out loud sounds gross, but I'm not knocking it. I think it's okay. I love you guys. I hope you have had a wonderful weekend. I'm looking out my window, and it's gorgeous outside, so I'm going to go enjoy some fall spooky season here in my beloved South Carolina, and I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Meg, yes, hello. Thank you for calling. Welcome back to South Carolina. (laughs) Blythewood, baby. And, of course, 
supporting the egg the egg lifestyle the microwave i I, i'm gonna i'm i'm still on the record saying that's very tepid endorsement of your (laughs) eggs right there i mean not saying she's gonna do it but uh you know she understands that i'm also a busy mom i think that if she had to rank her uh support of all she says she supports everything yeah she's not gonna give you a breakdown it's all it's all they're all tens but i'm gonna say that this is a very low rung of support uh on the support ladder that she she knows that she's gonna deal with it (laughs) like it's not like she has to write in a car with me while I'm microwaving an egg. <laughs> I would like to see. I think she, I mean, she's obviously polite. She has good manners. So if you made her two eggs, she, I, I, she'll, she'd definitely eat one. I'd I mean, be very I, I, interested I'm to hoping, see about that second I can't second wait for egg. us to get on the road back again, and I'm going to bring a microwave with me, and we'll, we'll just be serving up egg sandwiches. You're just going to be ripping through. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to have to be cutting those beeps out nonstop and all those live shows. <laughs> oh, hold because on. We've we got be... another one every two minutes, baby. <laughs> just throw them like, uh, like your wet, like wedding bouquets. Oh, God. It's a Hot small. eggs. So many <laughs> egg burn no, injuries. They that are that. very hot when you check <laughs> them out. Po- but The podcast recording. <laughs> so many people burned by what? <laughs> eggs? Anyway, Gavin, staying on food, you Stay recently... Stay on food for me now. <laughs> you, you you went and saw that movie you wanted to see, yes, right? What the was French, it again? The French Dispatch. French Dispatch. The French Dispatch, the new Wes yes. Anderson film. Yes. I, I heard that it's very good. It was. It was wonderful. I mean, it's... Yeah. Um, like all of his films, it's just a delight to the eye. You know, the aesthetic is just always wonderful. <laughs> I mean, you're taking you it in You eat with your like, eyes. You eat with well, your it's eyes. Just That's like why Dune. you microwave it's your It's just eggs. like Dune. You know, you look at this and it's just like every scene is just wild. You know, it's beautiful to look at and it's enjoyable yeah. and it keeps you keeps you engaged because you want to see what the next thing is going to be. Almost, you're so much engaged, I think, that you're not listening as much to the the dialogue sometimes because you're always your eyes just scanning so much. But it's mm-hmm. still very entertaining. I think I could see it again. I know. Better or worse than Dune? better but you know that's just me better it's, oh <laughs> unacceptable dude let's just say there's, there's a little bit more acting <laughs> there's no which oh is there is Chalamet to, which is not a stri- yeah two t-shells baby yeah that's he's, rough he's a little bit more animated in this uh he's not so melancholy if i can use that word but, but uh, yeah sure <laughs> no it's, it's a really fun flick uh, i just took myself to it i did like a little sunday matinee i was recovering from the gamecocks win on hey, Sunday. Go Corks, baby. And uh, I said, I, w- I wanted to see this. I've been dying to see it, and it came out this weekend. So I just went to uh, Dutch Square Mall, mm-hmm. knowing full well that like, no one's going to be there on a Sunday matinee. And you, had, you had it to yourself. And I was, correct. I was correct. I was like, correct. <laughs> that's I that's the dream. And, and honestly, you know, sometimes it's awkward when there are too many people in there. It's a little awkward when there's not enough people in there because no, it's you. No, I like it empty. I know, but it's like you, and there's like this couple two rows back, and they're sitting in the middle. And I'm like, I don't want to sit in the middle in front of them, even if I'm two rows ahead. You should have. Just because, well, I don't want to block their view, and I can watch off to the side a little bit. This is real. This is real beta energy from you. (laughs) Well, I've been called a beta on Twitter by some people, so (laughs) (laughs) I guess they're right. This is this confirms that you with the Wes Anderson film. Being a nice guy is just beta these days. (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about, don't worry. It's completely irrelevant to anything that exists in reality. Yeah, it's not real. (laughs) (laughs) Like so much. But a wonderful movie. I watched um, Grand Budapest Hotel before I went, just to kind of like just pregame because, a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. Then, you got to get your, your Anderson juices. And then going. when I when I went home, I was like, still, I still needed more, so I watched Darjeeling Limited. <laughs> like, I had, I had a Wes <laughs> Anderson an Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I was in a mood. I was in a mood. I will say, I'm glad that I didn't start smoking because they just smoke so many. Everyone, cigarettes yeah, they're chain smoking. Movies. Yeah, I got my oral fixation with with some Twizzlers during the theater. Twizzlers, you know, yeah. Twizzlers. So I want to talk about uh, your i your your ideal all elite 
movie theater food setup, food and drink. So well, if you had your yeah. druthers, the, your ideal way to see a movie. So what it are you was talking a little about? bit of a long movie. I'll say that, but it was good. Uh, but I really wish that I had smuggled in like some mini bottles of like wine, you know. Just Are you a smuggler? Of, You're a smuggler. You, you have to. I mean, if you've ever gone to a Gamecocks game before this year, you know, you know the the life of smuggling for big events. Yeah. yeah but I yeah, I mean, it. I don't, I don't, I didn't smuggle any candy for this just because I didn't care. I wasn't even going to get any. But you know, with these matinee prices, with these matinee prices, I was able to get. <laughs> You're tickets, losing money if you don't buy these Twizzlers. The ticket and some Twizzlers for like 12 bucks. And I was like, that's the price of one ticket somewhere else. So I was like, oh, I'll get this. And I do the Twizzlers because it's a nod to my father, Jay Jackson. God rest his soul, even though he's still alive. He's still he would, fully alive. He, that yeah, man, let's be clear. That man, he would smuggle <laughs> in <clear>. Twizzlers. <laughs> in, and you want to know how he did it. This was like the 90s. You know, it's Jay's weekend because my parents were separated. And he just would pull these wonderful, these dad moves. Before you even knew what a dad move was, you just kind of dealt with it. But he had a leather fanny pack, okay? Mm. Jay Jackson leather heard, fanny pack. I've heard a lot about the fanny pack. <laughs> I mean, we don't know where it is. It's actually, it should be an heirloom. I would love that. Find my brothers for it. But he would put <laughs> the family size bag of Twizzlers in that bad boy and smuggle it in. <laughs> and then we'd probably get like one big thing of popcorn and have to fight over it like three boys in the movie theater. So, but yeah, that the Twizzlers is a, a lasting legacy for the Jacksons in cinema. That's that's I like a, I like a Twizzler, I do. Yeah. But when I'm at a movie theater, <laughs> I want an icy. I want a oh. Slurpee. I like a Slurpee at a movie. Hates, and hates hot beverages, loves a cold cold bev. I like a cold cold beverage. Yeah, big time. And I like beer. an icy. <laughs> I, 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 I'll do I'll do a red straight up. I'll do a blue straight up. I'll do a red blue mix. What in I'll the do world? a. I'll do a Coke red mix, but uh, if anyone listening likes a Coke blue mix, explain yourself, because that's a curse. A brown blue? No. That's disgusting. Um, yeah, no, you got me thinking about 7-Eleven Slurpees, where you would do the cherry and the Coke. That was always a yeah, go-to. Cherry Coke is very yeah, good. Um, I, I call it, I'm not even under the pretense that these are flavors so i just call them blue brown red brown red, red. <laughs> brown brown Orange. yeah yeah so a brown okay. brown blue is 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 cursed on many mm -hmm. levels and it shouldn't be tolerated and, no. and so if somebody here likes yeah. that you're gonna have to explain yourself yeah i remember we used to have a lot of like you just would put more salt on the popcorn it's like why are we doing this it didn't matter that's what you did and just like big thing of popcorn, <laughs> and then um, I would love a big, I love a big sprite, a nice cold sprite with those. Popcorn. I I like a big, yeah. But you you the problem with a soda at a movie theater is you can drink it too quickly. Oh and yeah, you're so it's excited, on and you got to pee within the first fifteen Brother, minutes. Of those this previews film. they were twenty minutes long. I was like, why yeah, did I get long. here? I had to stake out my seat and fight for my seat with no one in the movie theater. <laughs> There's so many masculine dynamics in this movie theater. I could barely pay attention to these previews. <laughs> the previews were good, though. There's some good movies coming out, folks. Let me tell hey, you that. I, I, I am disappointed that no one's called in to talk about Dune yet. I know you guys are watching Dune. <laughs> yeah, Please I like, talk actually, about I Dune. I would like to go see that again, and I might go see uh, French Dispatch again. But it, it was my first movie back since COVID. I'm not a big movie theater guy. I just love Just because of the theaters. dynamics. I just I don't have time for all that. <laughs> 
The masculinity. The The only movie I've been to in the last, I would say, two years now is Fast 9. Fast 9. Yeah. Oh, the ballet. ballet. That's the only theater I've been to. TRE. Fast 9. In that one little lull of COVID in the middle Mm -hmm. of uh, the summer. Yep. I got to to eek in Fast 9 and it was great. But anyway, Uh, call us. Tell us what you're seeing. Tell us what you're you're watching. Please watch Dune and tell me about it. Yeah, tell us what you're eating in theaters, too. Tell tell me what the food is. The best thing you've ever smuggled in. A burrito? A hot dog? <laughs> yeah, I was saying hot food. If you're getting hot food in there, I want to know you. Soup, love it. Soup, <laughs> love it. <laughs> hot noodle soup. <laughs> yeah. Between that and your worst travel stories, it's it's the travel season, folks. We want to hear these wonderful stories that that bond us all together. <laughs> Movies <laughs> transport you. Eight zero three five six three seven one six nine. Y'all, thanks so much for listening. Y'all, 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 y'all thank you so much. Gather, y'all. <laughs> you can show us your appreciation, like I said, by giving us a voicemail or leaving us a review on iTunes. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. You will, South Carolina. Infrastructure Week was an infrastructure weekend. Did you miss Ew. it? <laughs> <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> 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 That's what I'm going to put at the end. <laughs>